Welcome to the HOA Real Talk Podcast. Real Talk is for homeowners and board members of homeowners associations. Most HOA podcasts are from attorneys or property managers. Real Talk is by a homeowner and board member and focuses on helping homeowners navigate living in a deed-restricted community. It also helps board members understand and become better at their role as a volunteer and leader of the community. The HOA Real Talk Show is brought to you by Excellence in Action Podcasting, a high-definition listening experience that is unmatched in the world of sound, education, and entertainment. So let's be about it and get this show started. Please welcome the host of Real Talk, Mike Sancho. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to HOA Real Talk, Episode 5, Security. Now, before I jump into talking about security, I just want to welcome my listeners back. If you've listened before, thank you, and thank you for the support. And if you're a first-time listener, thank you. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you stick with us. Now, let's jump right into security. Uh, Today, in this podcast, I want to really enable homeowners to understand what security is, how they can work with their board of directors and their property manager at their HOA to Number one, make sure they're getting their bang for their buck on security, but also to ensure that the community is a safe place. Why do we want that? Because if your community is safe, you keep your what? Your hood looking good and your property values high. And that's the important thing here. So let's really just jump in and talk about security, but we have to define it first. So today we're going to define security. I'll give you my take on what the definition of security is. We're going to share with you the different types of security that's available at your HOA. We're going to talk about crime rate. We're going to talk about policing. Uh, and we're going to bring this all together and wrap it up in a nice bow for you. So let's talk about the definition of security. If you open up a dictionary, security will be defined as freedom from danger or risk. And precautions taken against crime, attack, sabotage, etc. Right? Notice neither one of those definitions contain the word prevention or prevent. Right? Use the word freedom and precautions. Here's why you can't prevent crime. It's that simple, folks. You just can't prevent crime. If police could prevent crime, we would have 0% crime rate. Yeah, I said that. We would have 0% crime rate. Now, remember, folks. This is an opinion podcast. This is my opinion. So don't go back and and go back to your HOA and then try to get something done and then try to come back and sue me because I said you can't prevent crime. It's an opinion, right? I don't think you could prevent crime 100%. You can deter crime. You can uh, make it difficult to do things, but you cannot prevent crime. So here's my definition of security. And this is related to a homeowner's association. Okay. Security, I define security as putting challenges and obstacles in the path so criminals cannot conduct criminal activity in your community. Again, putting obstacles or challenges in the path of criminals so they cannot commit criminal activities in your community. All right. So that's my definition of security. Now, What I want you to do at home is I want you to Google the crime rate in your community. So just go to Google and type in crime rate in 
and then list out the name of your county. I don't want you just look at your township. You need to look at your neighboring townships. And here is why. Criminals go to where they can commit the crimes to get the best bang for their buck. Right. So you need to know what the crime rate is in the neighboring communities and the potential of where crime's going to come from. Where will the thief come from to your HOA run community? And you have a better understanding. Now, I, I pulled the crime rates for my community. Right. I live in South Florida, uh, a beautiful community on the Treasure Coast. And when you pull crime rates, you're going to see a couple of things. So I want to explain those to you. First of all, if you see a, a tracking number from one to 100, Right, a crime rate, a ranking. Number one is the lowest security ranking you can receive. That means you have a lot of crime. One hundred means there's zero crime. Right. So if your community is ranked one hundred, your township, your city is ranked one hundred, uh, that's an error because that would mean zero percent crime, and that's rare. Okay. Uh, so my community, South Florida, very nice. Uh, Middle class, upper middle class community, uh, little upper class community, not a lot of, of poverty, don't see a lot of crime. I was shocked to see that our ranking was 17. Right? So we're on the low end of security, meaning that we have uh, crime. Right. So I did a deeper dive into the numbers. Right. And so. There are two types of crimes that make up these statistics, right? And then they're broken down into uh, smaller buckets, right? It's violent crimes and property crimes. Violent crimes are your rapes, your murders, your assault. Person-on-person crimes, physical crimes. We're not going to talk about that. I, I don't have any experience with that. We don't have security in our homeowners association with a focus on preventing physical crimes. And violent crimes. We, we just don't have that. Okay. So I don't want to talk about that. But we're going to focus on property crime. Now, that's key because you're thinking, wow, how does my community get a low number like 17? And here's why. In my community, when I looked at my county, the violent crime rates were super low. We don't have many violent crimes. Rapes, assaults, murders. It was very low. The majority of the crimes committed in my county are property crimes. And what are property crimes? That's burglaries, breaking and entering, theft, stolen cars, stolen car parts, breaking into vehicles and stealing uh, materials. There's also pickpocketing, purse snatching. Think about any type of theft that's that falls under property crimes. Okay. So now that we've talked about the two types of crimes, now you understand why we have a number like number 17, right? And when I look further in my county, the the crime rate for property crime is 25% when in the state of Florida, it's 21%. We're above the rate and we're above the, the state level, right? And the biggest crime in my county is theft. Now, here's why. Let me let me give it to you as to why a thief is not going to stay in his or her community and steal from other poor people who have nothing of value to steal. They are going to go to a more affluent community where they can steal things of value. So why would I stay 
in my community and rob my neighbor who has a box TV that's worth $2 when I could go 10 miles up the road and rob someone at a at a community and get a 65-inch flat screen TV that's worth $500. See the difference? That's why our crime rate is high. Because the, the criminals want to come here to make the, the steal. They want to come and steal from people who have things of value. So that's why you need to know what the crime rate is in neighboring communities. All right. And in fact, it's good to look at your crime rate because this is what we did in, in my community a year ago. We had a board member who was a retired state trooper. He put a security committee together of uh, current police officers, retired police officers, security personnel, and they did a community assessment of our community. Right. And they determined that we were overspending on having security patrols who really weren't securing the facilities in our community, we were wasting money, right? So we cut our security line item in our budget by 50%. And guess what? We still have the same rate of crime in our actual community. In our HOA, crime has not increased 1% since we've done that, right? And here's here's some of the things that we found out about crime rates in our area. So you compare the previous year to the current year. Uh, the only data data I had available to look at was 2018 compared to 2019. 2019 compared to 2020, those uh, that data is not available yet. So I'm going by 2019 versus 2018. And guess what we had? Uh, our overall crime rate was down 10.5%. Our property crime is down 8.7%. And actual burglaries are down 14%. See, now we can make educated decisions based on actual figures and see what's going on. All right. So let's talk about now. Now, now let's get into the the uh, meat and potatoes of you as a homeowner and what you should be looking at and determine what type of security you have. And then we're going to we're going to transition into I'm going to give you some tips on what you can ask your uh, property manager and your board of directors to do and things that you can do to now keep crime in your community at a minimal, right? So here, here's the type of security that you're going to have in your HOA. Now, condos or build homeowners associations where there's like a condo or a building where somebody enters and there's a security guard there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about single family homes and townhouses. I'm not talking about condos and, and buildings or apartment buildings that have Homeowner associations, I'm talking about single family homes and townhomes, right? You are going to have three types of security. I'm sorry, four types of security, right? The first one is no security at all, zero. Your streets are open, there are no gates, there's no guard booth, there's no security patrol, there's no on site security, zero security. Second one is a gate, just a gate. You pull up, you have a barcode, it scans, it opens the gate. If you don't have a barcode, you give a your friend the code, the gate code. You pull up to the keypad, you punch in the code, the gate opens. That's a gated community, and that's your security, a gate. Now, in that case, why do you have a gate? You don't want unwanted people driving through your community. right? You don't want unwanted guests coming into your community. So now you just monitor via a, a code or a, a barcode, you monitor who comes in and out of your community, who you allow in and out, right? 
Now, I will tell you this, those those uh, communities are easy to get into. You know why? We piggyback. I just wait till somebody who has the code pulls up and punches it into the keypad or their barcode scans, and then I drive right behind them. And now I'm in the community, right? So they're not secure. So I don't even know why you, you would call that security. That's a gate that I could get past. That's what I call that. Your next form of security is a dedicated security, which is broken down into two, two segments, right? Dedicated security patrol, dedicated security on site at a guard booth, right? So um, you pull up to the community, there's a gate, there's a guard booth, and there's a dedicated security guard that sits there 24 hours a day. You have your, your barcode on your, on your window, the gate opens, let you in. You say, hey, how you doing, Dave? Dave waves back. Everything's good. Hey, have a great day. Right? Uh, you're not a resident. You pull up to the guard tower. Uh, they check your ID. Uh, they ask you who you're visiting. You're on the list. They let you in. Or they call to your house and they buzz your number and they say, hey, Mike is here to visit you. Uh, do you know him? Yep, let him in. And you're good to go. And that is a dedicated security officer. The other one is dedicated security slash patrol. That means the person's, depending on the size of the community, they're walking around, right? Security, they're they're doing uh, security patrols in, in that nature, or, or they have a golf cart and they drive around in a golf cart, or they have, you know, the property's real big and they have a car, right? With the little yellow light on it. Woo, you know, security, okay? Those are the types of security that you're going to have in your community if you have security. Now, what is the number one factor that determines what type of security you have? The number one factor is your budget. Do you have the money to pay for security? So if you just have a community, it's a homeowners association, but there's no security guards, no gates, none of that. Maybe your budget doesn't have room in it. And maybe the homeowners say, you know what? We don't want to increase the budget to pay uh, security, which means my HOA dues are going to go up for security because really... Security doesn't do anything. They don't prevent crimes, right? Maybe that's what your community makes a decision on, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, the other ones, like my community, we cut security, the budget, the line item in the budget in half, right? We didn't need it. We did the assessment. We didn't need it. Some communities, the more affluent communities, they put somebody at the guard tower, at the guard booth, and they have a row a, a, a patrol that roams and roves around the entire community, right? It's all dependent on your budget, right? So there may be a need for security. If you don't have the money for security, then you don't get it. And I'm not talking about security cameras and looking at things and, and catching license plates that come in and out. I'm not, I'm talking about the physical aspect of security and not cameras, right? But you may spend some money with your HOA to put up cameras uh, to determine, you know, who's coming in and out in the event of a crime that was committed, right? So those are the types of security that you have. Now I want to talk to you about really what policing is and really how, you know, I want you to take a look as a homeowner and are you really getting your bang for your buck for security? So I'm not knocking police officers, right? This is my opinion, right? But police officers do not prevent crimes. Your police department does not prevent crimes. They are not a crime prevention tool. Now, if you have an issue and you call 911, most of the time, 
The majority of the time, almost every time somebody calls 911, the crime has already been committed. It does not mean that another crime won't take place before the police get there or even when the police get there. But the majority of the time, the crime has already been committed when 911 is called or when the police are are called. So they're not preventing crime. They're responding to crime. That's a big difference, folks. Real big difference. And I always say this to folks. If you think a security guard is going to prevent crime in your community, you are sadly mistaken. Because if police cannot prevent crime, what makes you think a security guard can? Who has no authority to pull you over, who has no authority to to, uh, arrest you, right? Think about that for a second. Police cannot prevent crime. They respond to crime. What makes you think a security guard will prevent crime in your community? See, you got to change your focus, folks. You really got to look at what can you control, what can you put into place that really, truly makes a difference, right? Police don't prevent crimes, period, right? If police were able to prevent crimes, we would have 0% crime rate. We would have no crime, but they can't, right? It's impossible, So change your thought process on who can prevent crime. And you're not trying to prevent crime in your community. You're trying to make it more challenging and difficult for criminals to conduct criminal activity in your community. Right. So what are steps that you can take to make it more challenging and more difficult for criminals to be successful in your community? Number one, go to your board, go to your property manager and ask them when was the last time they had the right people, experienced people, a security committee, do a security assessment of the community. If they've never done one, you should ask them to do one. If it's been more than three years, you should ask them to do one. If it's been within the last three years and you don't know about it, ask them about it. Ask to see details about it. Ask why, uh, how it came about. What did they find? What were their findings? Right. So the first thing is, is security assessment. You as a homeowner, if you're paying for security, you know what? It's good practice for someone to do a security assessment every two to three years to stay on top of things, to make sure you're not just spitting your money into the wind, right? Next thing you do is ask the property manager and the board to invite your local authorities to come in and give a presentation on crime. You know, our sheriff's department sends their community liaison and spokesperson out. Uh, we bring them in once a year and they talk to us about crime, Hey, hey, this is what we got going on. These are the rates. These are the things that's going on. Be aware of this. So uh, invite your local police, local sheriff's department to come in and, and give a presentation to your HOA. Those presentations are great because they share with you kind of the, the new crimes that are coming out, things to look for and things to be aware of. Right. So that's another thing you can do is, is be proactive and, and ask your police to come in and do that for your community. The, the next thing you can do is see something, say something. Right? I remember a situation where we had a homeowner come to a board meeting and complain because she saw drug dealers making drug deals on, you know, in her section of the community at the cul-de-sac. And we were like, did you call the police? No. Uh-uh. So you saw a, a crime being committed. You didn't call. You didn't call the police. Nope. Well, hey, guess what? That's a problem, right? So see something, say something, call the police, 
right? If you see a suspicious vehicle driving around, call the police. If, if security is on patrol, call them. They will call the police, right? So, so those are some of the things that you can do as a homeowner from a definition point of making it more challenging for criminals to be successful in committing crimes in your community, right? The other thing that you can do is, and, and I'm going to say it, folks, stop being stupid, right? Stop leaving your $1,000 cell phone in your unlocked car overnight. Stop leaving your laptop, your iPad, your, your work bag in your car unlocked overnight. Stop leaving your power tools in your truck unlocked overnight. Stop leaving valuables in your vehicles unlocked overnight. In my community, we don't have people breaking windows and stealing stuff out of cars. That's rare. You know what we do have a lot of? We do have a lot of criminals coming in here, thieves that come in here and check the door handle. And if the door opens, they take the stuff out of your car. Lock your doors. Take valuables inside. Do not leave them outside. Don't leave them out on your property and don't leave them in your car. That's how you prevent a lot of theft from happening. Lock your doors when you leave your house. Make sure you locked your garage door. Make sure your garage door was closed. Make sure your windows are not open. Secure your premise, right? The other thing is a lot of us have ring doorbells. They're taking video. You know what? Just check that video randomly on occasion, once a month, twice a month. You see something, hey, you know, you see something suspicious and everything. Alert your your property manager so they can tell security, hey, you know, look for this gray Toyota Camry that keeps driving around suspiciously at two o'clock in the morning. Right. Those are the things that you can do as a homeowner to bring crime rates down. Right. That's what you want to do. You, you want to make it more challenging for a criminal, a thief to be successful. Right. Now, uh, a couple of years ago and, and it's died down, but a couple of years ago it was rampant here in South Florida. Pillowcase bandits. What would they do? They would drive on 95, get off and go to a nearby community, break into your house, take your pillowcase, fill it with valuables, jump in the car, hop on 95 and get out of town right away. Well, they, they were catching a lot of people. And guess where they were coming from? They were coming from as far down south as Miami. They were coming up 95, right? Because they were traveling because why? Our county has some affluence, right? They've got more valuable things to go steal. Plus, people don't want to steal in their backyard where everybody knows them. They're going to go somewhere else, right? So there was a big effort by local sheriff's departments and in, 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 in the counties surrounding us and in our county to say, hey, make sure your doors are locked. Report suspicious vehicles. Be on the lookout for this, blah, blah, blah. And, and then that's how we started catching folks, right? Now, I lived in Newark, New Jersey and worked in Newark, New Jersey for 22 years. And I, I got there in the mid 80s, when Newark, New Jersey was the stolen car capital of the world. Stolen car capital of the world. It was also the, the carjacking capital of the world. That's where at a red light or when your car was still in motion, somebody put a gun to your head and jacked you and took your car. Okay. Newark was the stolen car capital and carjacking capital of the world. You know how many times uh, I got carjacked? You know how many times my car was broken into? You know how many times my car was stolen? Zero. Never. Once, because I was diligent, I was focused, I paid attention to what was going on. Now, what I did was uh, another thing that I, 
that was commonplace for folks who lived in, in areas where your car was stolen or they broke into your car to steal your radio or your steering wheel or, or you know, uh, your airbags. I would leave my car doors unlocked. Why? Why have my car broken into and then I got to go clean up broken glass? Right? Some people say, hey, make it easier for, for the criminals. No, they would take a spark plug, scratch the window, tap the window, no noise, they're in the car instantly. They were getting in the car. So why would I have to spend money on insurance, my deductible, right, to get a window replaced? Because back then you you had to pay the deductible, which is more than the window. Now I got now the embarrassment of having my stuff stolen. Now I got to pay to have my window fixed. That was stupid. So guess what? I never had my car broken into. Amazing. I moved down here to South Florida. I'm here a month. And I had 10 expensive pair of sunglasses stolen out of my car. I had my GPS stolen in my car. And my wife had her GPS taken out of her car. Why? We left the car doors unlocked. Right? So, again, whose fault was that? My fault. Right? Why? I didn't know my surroundings. Right? I learned a lesson. Right? So, now, guess what? I lock my car doors and I leave nothing in the car that's of value. Right? So, Learning your situation and learning your community and what's going on prevents crime because then you react to what you need to do to make it what more challenging and difficult for a criminal to be successful in committing a crime in your community. Right. So those are the tips I'm giving you as a homeowner. We're having that frank discussion about crime. But now I want to ask you, what do you think is the number one security issue that faces your community? And here's what I think it is. And I think you will agree with me. The number one security issue that really faces your community is not theft. It's people who do not belong on site using your amenities. Let me repeat. I think the number one issue that affects you from a security standpoint in your community and in your homeowners association run community and your deed restricted community are individuals who do not belong on site and are using your amenities without permission, illegally, right? So here's a funny thing, right? So so take a look at, at majority of the communities, HOAs, security, not only access security, but they also uh, report violations of rules and regulations, right? A lot of communities do that. So I know in our community, our security guard at nighttime, he... Uh, will issue uh, violations. He will record violations of people who leave the garbage cans out past the uh, the time frame. Record people who park on the grass. Record people who uh, have an RV or a boat or a motorcycle in their driveway. People who leave their bicycle on the front lawn. People who leave their sports equipment out and in sight. Right. So they're recording violations. They're really not securing anything. They're really not preventing crime because we already established you can't prevent crime. They're not really making it more challenging for people to uh, for criminals to be successful in committing crimes. And I just said, in my opinion, and I think you agree with me, the biggest issue, security issue facing communities and homeowners associations are people who do not belong on site who are using your amenities illegally. That's the biggest issue. So I would argue that isn't it better for you to have security on site when you're needed the most. For example, if you have a swimming pool, 
that's the biggest amenity that get, that gets misused by mm-hmm. others who are not residents or guests of one of your your owners. Outside people using your swimming pool. You know why? Because somebody comes and leaves the, and opens the gate for them. So they come and they go swimming. Wouldn't it be better if you had security guard on weekends that are there eight hours on the weekend, each day on the weekend, and your 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 owners and, and their guests have bracelets and security checks. Oh, are you a homeowner here? Are you a guest? Yes. Where's your bracelet? Oh, I left it home. Please go get it. No, screw you. I'm not going to go get it. Sir, I don't want to call the sheriff's department to have you escorted. Please go get it. They either go get it. You call the sheriff's department. See, that's security. Right. That when you have that happening and people know, you know what, man, you can't go over to ABC uh, community and go swimming. Man, the security's on it, man. You know, they'll escort you out. They call the sheriff's department in a heartbeat. Right. Again, do the community security assessment to determine what's the best way to implement security in your community. Right. So find out the, the crime rates and then find out really what is your major issue? What is the thing that really and, and let me put it this way. What is the one th- or two things that really uh, puts the association in danger of liability? Right. Outside people coming and using your amenities and no one doing anything about it. That creates a greater liability than a two bit uh, thief who likes to break into cars and take your your uh cell phone that doesn't create a liability for the HOA Johnny's friend coming over without permission and going into the swimming pool and then it says no diving then Johnny's friend who doesn't live there doesn't have permission to be there dives head first into the pool and cracks his neck that's your liability that's your biggest security threat some kid coming and jumping on your playground and and jumping around and breaking an ankle. That's a greater liability than somebody coming in and checking to see if your car doors are unlocked and then taking your laptop. Tennis court, somebody who doesn't belong there playing tennis on the tennis court, spraining or, or, or tearing their ACL and then suing you is a greater liability than somebody coming in and jacking up your neighbor's car and taking their Ford tires because they have the most expensive rims around. That's a greater liability. Okay, so do your security assessments, look at what security is really doing for you and then work with your your board, work with your security committee, work with your property manager, work with your local authorities and put together a plan that's beneficial to all of the homeowners in the community. Because when you do that, what do you do? You keep your hood looking good and your property values high. Thank you for listening until next week when we're going to talk about reserve studies. Be well and be safe, my friends. The views and discussions heard on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests and are not to be taken as legal advice. You do not go on social media for your legal advice, so do not come to HOA Real Talk either. However, if you do go on social media for legal advice, all I can say is you're screwed. <laughs>